I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wilford sets off upfield. He wants a speech that'll run onto it. It might be the quickest. Oh, he kicks. He kicks ahead. And now Corey Oates will come. Oh, Oates with the one-handed pickup. How about that? Asako in behind them. He's confused. He didn't know whether to kick or whether to run. He takes the ladder option. Jermaine Asako will score. Hello Broncos fans and welcome to this week's episode of Broncos Weekly. As always, I'm Mitch. I'm joined on the line by our good friend, Simo. How are you doing, Simo? Yeah, not too bad. How about you? Mate, doing good. Doing great. Broncos won. We had Magic Round, which was... The Broncos game was so... The Manly game was so far in the past. <laughs> <laughs> the Magic continued, though, the weekend after. Yeah, that was it. That game was that game didn't happen. The manly game. We obviously didn't podcast last week. Neither was in the shape for it. But we uh we got a win over the Roosters, and I know we've got a lot of things to talk about. We always well start talking about that game. Why the hell not? Uh, Broncos thirty four, Roosters sixteen, triple. The old hat trick to David Mead, mate. Always believed in the Mead. Never, never uh, thought a bad thing about that man. <laughs> never. Um, another guy I've obviously always believed in, Dale Copley. Opened, <laughs> opened the scoring. Uh, and then John Asiato, I do believe he got the scoring. Another guy, a big fan of Keenan, uh, scored again, sorry. And Keenan Palacia scored in the 58th minute in an absolute romping that, yes, the referees ex- uh, ex- you know, got involved. But I only feel like they accentuated our dominance. I think we were dominant with or without the refereeing in this game. Yeah, like there was, we had certain players like TPJ just absolutely rattle roosters and they just had nothing to answer back to that. So, you know, the refs help, obviously. Like, oh, but that just seems most games this, like, within the state of league at the moment, like, whichever team is on top, the rules and the refs just kind of help them stay on top. They do. We haven't experienced it in a while because we're not very often on top of the games. And, you know, I feel like it was Radley's implosion was earned <laughs> by Pangai. Like, you know, <laughs> it wasn't yeah. exactly like it was like refereeing, just him beating someone from nowhere. Pangai, like, and we've said this before on this podcast, but there's not many players in the league who are as good as like, you know, executing. You know, it gets told to target player X or Y. There's not many guys who are as good as, as Pangai is. Like you can always tell who's been, who he's been told to target. And in this game, it was quite clearly it was Sam Walker and Victor Radley because, like, the first set of the game, he ran at Sam Walker. And then the first time the Roosters got the ball, he was, like, in Radley's face Smacked pushing him. him. Yeah. He, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah and, it, and it worked tremendously. And then Maria Hargraves saw the red mist. And you think that guy, like, 
Radley, you know, still young and whatever. You think one day Hargraves would stop doing that? You think like one day he go, you know what? I've lost us enough games doing this shit over the years, but he still did it as well and went from <laughs> there. Hey. Yeah, I mean, we we say the same thing about Pango though, and it doesn't seem like he had this game obviously, and he has these games in him, but he also has those dumb Rewea Hargraves like games as well at the same time. Well, he hasn't had one this year, which is no, it's only been eleven games, but that's a long stretch for Pangai. Like <laughs> last year, if he played under the rules of the current game last year, he'd just never play. Like he barely played last year anyway. But yeah, he's he was exceptional in this game. That stuff last week, like there was panic stations about that Tigers meeting, as we saw the reports. Of, like Brisbane looked into the contracts of Asako and Pangai and everything. I was like panicking. We've got to punt him again for the second time. And thank God we didn't. Cause he's one of those guys like he's, there's other people off the field who, you know, don't break the law or similar. And there's dickheads at clubs that went around. Those guys exist, right? Pangos are exactly a dickhead. So I feel like he's like worth enough putting up with a little it's a bit of the dumb shit off the field. You know, he's never really like done criminal things. He's also not past that dickhead line. He's getting in trouble all the time. He's out for, he's on he just, play way outweighs his off field. His stupidity. He's not like classic dickhead where it was like Dugan and Ferguson on top of the roof drinking yes, pineapple exactly. cruises. Like, but he just does super dumb things like in the middle of COVID going to get the haircut from fucking Vikings. You know, like he just does dumb stuff, but it's not like Todd Carney level of dumb stuff. No, it's not exactly. It's not like, again, as you said, like Carney had criminal charge well and Dugan and Ferguson is probably a good comparison. Obviously, they both like Ferguson did something else later, but at one point they were just idiots who were drunk on a roof together. Yeah, doesn't do stuff that stupid. As you said, like I feel like that the, the bikey thing. If he wasn't at Brisbane, he probably gets away with a bit more. There was a couple of the guys who broke the bubble at other clubs, and no one cared about. But yeah, those little silly things. And then the Tigers mean he flat out denies he even met with the Tigers. So yeah, who, who knows? But thank God they didn't, you know, snap. Well, it was nothing in their contract that said they could terminate them. But the one thing I found interesting by that though is like the Broncos complained to the NRL. And then finding out you're actually allowed. Uh, we all know they're allowed to sign from November. I don't know if you're allowed to talk to players this year as well. They can talk to people like a year. Well, that's two years out. They can talk to people then. We can start talking to players from last November to sign them for the upcoming November for the year after. So what the hell? I didn't know that. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Brisbane knew that. <laughs> that see, that seems... Uh, it's, it's just a bad rule, really, because the whole point should be once you hit the November and you're a year out, then you can start talking yeah, to people and signing them. Not have the deal lined up for November 1st. <laughs> like you can sign a two-year contract and be instantly tamperable by any other team. Yeah, that's Like it. they can hit you up and talk to you. Anyway, we'll go back to this game again, though. I think my favorite thing of the entire game, though, is like I did not once hear the commentators say, can you believe they let him go? That's my favorite thing. That's, it was, I was sitting there. I was dreading it all week that we're going to have this game and Sam Walker will lay like one or two tries on and they'll be like, can you, they had him last year. You know what I mean? He's come back to horn and all that garbage. He's like, no, didn't get it because he didn't fucking horn us. We haunted him. Pangai threw him around the streets of Sydney. And uh, yeah, Walker was bad. And somehow Brisbane are the first team in the competition to realize all he has done so far in first grade is throw cut out Harbour Ridge passes. So they just let him throw Hubbard Ridge passes and just picked one of them off. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, I mean, those passes obviously normally work when your middle is just smashing teams and then you've got the great outs 
played backs. It's you know, yeah, those passes are going to work a lot of the time. But yeah, read it like a book. Yeah, well, it's one of those things where like. I don't think we have the worst coaching staff at the moment. I don't think we do. I think we have a problem with executing their game plan. But this was one of those games, again, it was actually quite evident they actually put a good game plan together. They were like, we're going to get underneath Radley's and Hargrave's skin. We're going to smash Sam Walker. We're going to play direct. And then when Walker, Sam Walker has the ball, we're going to let him have time. No one's given him time all season. We're going to let him have time and see what happens. They just sat wide and let him throw cutouts. Like, that's not the ones I picked off. So the other ones were just like pointless. There was no space. He threw them to whoever was standing on the wing. But yeah, like they actually game planned okay for this game, which makes you probably understand a bit more their frustrations earlier with Milford when like he refused to execute their game plan. But they did all right in that regard. But on top of that, Mead was quite good. But I want to get your thoughts on Albert Kelly because like I heard all this ranting and raving about what a great game he had. And I thought he was fine, but I didn't think like it's particularly good. I mean... I think he ended up having an okay game, but his, his start wasn't great. He, first off, he kicked it out on the fall. Yes. And then I think there was a couple other things. I was ranting online about it. Like, I, I didn't think he played a great game. Yeah. I did notice, though, one thing I liked was there's a couple minutes left and he just put a grubber just out the sideline. And, like, obviously there's no scrums. It doesn't take as much time off the clock. But it's like also just being aware of the game situation, which I was like the last time that happened was like 2014 when like, yeah. or maybe when Benji Marshall was here, he probably did something like that. Like just understanding that there's a few minutes left in the game and you just dribble it out and take half a minute off the clock. It's just quite funny too, because Albert Kelly, obviously he's like kind of cut from the same mold as Milford was, is that he was like all athletic talent when he was younger, not really known as a guy who can do what he can do now. But he's obviously learnt and changed. But yeah, he was a good game manager in that regard. But I agree with you, mate. I thought he had a pretty, pretty average game in the first half. His defense was still solid, so that's always a bonus when you're having a bad game. You defend okay. But he put that kick out in the full. We got a kick, couple of kicks pressured that you know he got wrong. But he was quite good icing that game. And I guess that's the big difference is that when we've had other games the last couple of years, when we've had like Milford and Croft or. Milford and Dearden or Croft and Dearden in the halves. They don't even know what they're supposed to be doing still, it seems like. At least Albert and Tyson at least seem to understand that the basics of this game is like get down the field, put pressure on the other team, and if you're ahead, kick it into touch. It's like not a lot. It, it's super basic if you're ahead by 12 points yeah. with five minutes to go. Like, But, yeah, we've just not had a, a set of halves do that for a long time. We haven't. And I think like it's good to see. I think, okay, if Kevy keeps picking guys in Queensland Cup, I think I'm legally obliged to back him. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've tied myself to liking Queensland Cup for so long. If he keeps picking Queensland Cup players, I feel like I have to campaign. Like No matter the results, I have to campaign for him to having a, a longer tenure as Brisbane coach because, like, yeah, what has he done so far with these guys? And even though I don't haven't, I'm not a big fan of Keenan Paliasi or others, but Instead of what we've been doing the last couple of years, which is like the moment we replace someone, it's another child. Yeah, if you want a guy to do a job for a couple of weeks, call up a veteran who's been doing it for seven years in reserve grade, you know, or Albert Kelly who's done it around the world. And that's what we got out. We got out of him and Tyson. And I feel like the the ease in which have fit in, not stood out, but they've just like done their job, defended well, done the basics, kicked the ball well, okay, steered the team around. I think it's made Brisbane realize just how shit. Croft has been and how shit Melbourne's been the last year or so. Croft's not near the 21 anymore. 
But they were hooked it, on like good. Which is good. It's like they hooked on the potential of what those guys could be. But the moment you said like a guy who could just do their job, we're like, fuck. Is this what it's like when your heart back just like doesn't fuck it up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you said, it's not hard. You just it's somebody that, yeah, they're not the world's greatest footballer, but they do they've done that job every week and they're just an actual adult, not the next 18 year old. Yeah, that's it. And, and on potential kind of thing. Just it's somebody that knows what they're doing. Yeah, and it's obviously great to have those halves that can rip games open and tear them apart. But with this current team, it's also nice to have a couple of guys just do their bit. And now we're at three wins, which doesn't sound like a lot, but we've had a pretty tough run with three wins compared to last year. We're the worst squad than last year, pretty much. You know, it's 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 not looking too bad, and we nicked a decent away win down down in Sydney. And you know, we're missing Lodge and Gamble again next week, but they still got this game won and. You know, the Keenan Palacia came in the side, Flegler starting at lock, didn't use Bullimore, but Kobe Heatherington debuted, whatever. They were, they're a bit thin on stock. Like, they won a game with a back line with Arthurs, Mead, Kelly, and Gamble in it, which people would have laughed at, you know, in, in preseason. People would have laughed if you said the Brisbane beat the Roosters with those four in your starting lineup. People wouldn't have believed you it happened. But no. They did. Like, those, like those guys stepped in and did their job. And even Copley, like, Copley's back out of the side this week. And I actually think his defense is pretty average. It is, but the same thing, exactly the right, the difference. People were upset when we signed him. I'm cool with veteran death because that's what they're supposed to do. Come in, do the fucking job, and then fuck off the week after. And those guys have done that. Yeah. So and I mean, we're one step closer to my Dale Copley playing for Australia pizza bet coming <laughs> off. It's still alive. The dream it's is alive. alive. It's still alive. I think we may as well talk about it. We're going to go into it now, but. I don't know. Anything else you, else you want to say about that game, Simo, other than it's fucking awesome um, to beat the, the Roosters? I, I just want to talk about the end, but yeah, I think them taking the penalty goal might be one of the dumbest decisions I've seen a Roosters team take in a long time. And Overthinking it, hey. Like, A, it's the Broncos. B, they're down to 12 men. You need two tries. Like, kicking a penalty goal is... A, you have to score two tries, and B, you have to convert both of them. Yes. But also, like, like if you score a try there and say you convert it, you're down to eight points. Two points is now not hard to get. You don't, you're not relying on a penalty. You can kick a two-point field goal. So I just, I just think, and I also don't know where all the time went because it seemed like Matt Lodge got sin binned at like ten minutes left. And then they kicked a penalty goal and it was six minutes left. So I don't I don't really know what happened then. But I, as soon as they kicked that and I was like six minutes left, there's no way we we're losing from there. Yeah, it was um that's one of those things that they totally big brain that thinking the situation, you know, oh it's thirteen on thirteen, we're down fourteen with fifteen minutes to go. We'll take the two. So like, yeah, no, it's nine minutes left or whatever it is. You're against twelve. Score the fucking points. Just just put a try on the and you can guarantee that Broncos side too. If you score a try and then they're only up by eight points, that Broncos team is convinced that the Roosters are going to come back and win that game. Yeah. Like, and not, yeah. 100%. It, yeah. It's, it's just, yeah, just score the try and just do it. But, yeah. And, and the flip side of what you're saying there, I was actually stoked the start of this game. We didn't take the fucking two as well. We had a couple of opportunities of penalties on their try line this game. We didn't take the two. And again, it's not because then I don't think that's the right decision. Numbers generally tell you that's actually the right decision. But as you mentioned there, situational awareness is two points is not good enough for this Brisbane side. They can't score two points and be happy with that. So they have they need tries to beat teams. Yeah, well, you're not going to go to Sydney and play the Roosters and beat them by going up in twos. 
you yep. got to you got to score more points. So, yeah, yeah, and I mean, it showed that the two points would have been a good call when they took the lead for that momentary moment at the end of the first half. Didn't last very long, but it looked easy for them for a moment there to score points. But they got back on top. It was also good to see like Asiata. I feel like he should have been that side most of the season. He played quite well. And the other good thing for me is the clear, like, there's no missing of Pat Carrigan. No. It doesn't matter who's out. This week, maybe we'll feel like we miss him, but it's like, we did not miss him. Flegler's playing a little better now, but yeah, the rotation of like Flegler, Asiata, Kennedy can more than do what Pat Carrigan was doing. Yep. No, not missing him. Yep. So I'll dovetail that of that Lodge talk into next bit of news topic, which is, it looks like Matt Lodge is, if not at Nui this week, probably the next couple of weeks, they're tabling an offer. Don't know the full details. It's reporting like half of his salary. I don't know if we're paying that for the rest of the few years or whatever it is. But I just want to talk about it, Simo, because it's so funny that we got asked. This is just, this is an attack on the fans of this podcast, really. <laughs> we get asked this question. Start of the season, people are asking us, why are we playing Matt Lodge? You know, like kind of got bitching about his form, how bad he was last year. And my response every time is like, the best thing for this club is Matt Lodge playing and playing well. That's the only thing they can get anything out of Lodge for is if he plays and he plays well. It means he's either playing good for Brisbane or he gets shipped off elsewhere. That's the only good result. We have to play him. If he goes to reserve grade, no one's taking his contract. Okay? Nobody. So anyway, he start, and he finally starts playing well. It's been like three games that people are blowing up that we're going to let Matt Lodge go. Uh, yeah, I mean, recency bias. Uh, always. And, and it's not about like, he has been really good in those games. And, there's, and you can see on the field why he got the contract he got when he played like he did against the Roosters. But guys, think. Think further than, think, think further than what Kevy will say. Kevy will say in the media, oh, we love Matt Lodge. We love him. All that kind of shit. And then every report ever from everyone else is like, oh, yeah, they're letting him leave. Yeah. It's quite obvious. They do not love him. Yeah, they do not love Matt Lodge, okay? <laughs> he's not being released for or let it go or talk to others before he's footballing talent. It's for something else. And I'm not going to go into too many details of things I know, but it's like there's they don't want him at the club. It's that simple. He doesn't want to be there either. Getting anyone to take him is a win for us. They'd rather have him like they'd rather like this is how much I don't want him at Brisbane. They don't want him at Brisbane so bad they're happy to pay four hundred thousand dollars a year for him not to be there. You know how much you don't want someone at Brisbane to do that? <laughs> like, I mean, they could pay me four hundred thousand and I won't be there. <laughs> yeah, like they they wanted to keep, but they didn't want to let McCulloch go, right? They weren't going to pay any of his deal, and Bird was like a little bit they'd pay. They want Lodge so gone, they're like, we'll pay it, mate, half it. Well, we'll pay you. We'll pay everything. You take him, just have him. You know, we'll pay the rest. It's like no, that's how much I don't want him. So don't have to read any tea leaves bar like. They want him gone so much, they're willing to wear that. And whilst he played really good in these games and he might be really good at his next club, there's more to it than that. They don't want him around the joint. You know, it's a good thing for us to get rid of him, essentially. Yeah, I'm not complaining. That's it. And then we have to worry, like, you know, we've obviously moved past the days of not wanting him there for the off-field reasons and similar. But the really funny part is if he goes to the Knights, for some reason that fan base decided to be really vocal against Matt Lodge out of all the fan bases, them and the Tigers are really vocal about it. And well, the Tigers, they had him at least. Tigers, yeah, like had more reason to say something about it than Knights fans did. But yeah, a lot of the Knights fans, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying that it's, it's looking like the Knights. That is. Yeah. So yeah, well, hopefully we'll probably get questions about that later. I don't know who's going to replace him. 
they probably they'll obviously look for somebody, or, or they'll because they they still do think what if he goes they're probably middle short. I think Pangai might have been the one they thought could move to the middle, but he's been so good on the edge. I don't know. But yeah, he's on his way. And the other guy who looks like well, Din's gone. That's not confirmed. But he like we've seen the photos. He's been training today and he's like normal street clothes, shaking hands. That's a man saying goodbye. So that one's uh, gone real south, real fast. But yeah, he was never playing for us again this year. After Gamble played well, that was it. So he'll go to Newcastle, North Queensland now. Maybe we get Billy Walters the backup. Doesn't really matter. Just Tom Din's gone, and uh, I hope he stinks. <laughs> I mean, it's the Cowboys. He's he's going to be a backup at the Cowboys, and the Cowboys are well known for getting the most out of their halves. Well, the, making them look good. Isn't it weird that he's going to go there like now to start? I'm guessing if they let Clifford go to Newcastle, who Clifford's finally shown his potential. Like he's been really good the last few games. Uh, he's going there now to start now, but then like be the backup again next year. I don't know. I don't know what the hell they did with those three signings with Drinkwater, Clifford, and uh, Towns. I have no idea what they were thinking. I just. Sometimes you just got to stop trying to figure out what the Cowboys are trying to do because it's just bizarre. It is. And it's like every now and then they have like this not good, like the decentest roster and like Todd, Todd Payton's actually turned them around quite a bit now. And then you look at their signings like, oh, you're just still signing washed players. Like they signed Peter Hicker as well. And it's, like, it's their move. They're going to do it. Yeah, no, you need like, you need the, the New Zealand Justin O'Neill. That's what you need. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I... It's an odd club, but you know, it's just, yeah, they can keep doing that if they want to do it. I'm not going to stop them. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the next question, next thing we'll move on to more signing stuff. So TC Rabadi signed a three year deal. He's going to debut this weekend. He's one of those young guys that started the season. I didn't know much about one of those guys that last year, we really didn't miss that, that Queensland cup year. But I've gone through and watched him uh, this year, and I'm in. I'm in. I'm a big fan. He's um, had a pretty good year in Queensland Cup. Set up a try with a crossfield chip kick, which you know, you guys know me. That's the type of forward I want. <laughs> but he's got like, you know, he's got a couple of games there. He's got three or four games with three to four or more offloads, plays on the edge, big back rower. So it looks like, you know, the back row stocks now next year probably looking like uh, Ricky. Pia Kura, uh, TC Rabadi, and maybe Pangai stays on the edge. Maybe then maybe they'll stop themselves doing something dumb like Capewell that was linked. Maybe we'll, we'll be happy with those guys now. Yeah, sounds good. And final bit of signing rumors: they've apparently officially made the offer to Nico Hines in the vicinity of one million over three years, which is about three fifty a year, which is a pretty good deal, even if he's not. Starting, you know, even if he somehow end up being a flop, he ends up, you know, being a fourteen. There's teams out there who pay that much for a backup half or a fourteen or a six. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. What do you think about Nico Hines? Is let's say let's say he's Brisbane fullback round one next year. What do you think about Nico Hines? Uh, yeah, I don't like. I'm not convinced he's much better than Asako. I don't know. Yeah. That's it for me. Hey, like. I like Nico Hines, and I believe he should be starting somewhere in the NRL, you know, at, at one or six. I believe that. 
Yeah, but see, I, like, I guess I don't know how much of people thinking Nick Island is going to be a great fullback is just him playing for the Storm. Like, mm. you had an identical player who played identical games at the Tigers. I don't, is he getting this hype? Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe he's going to be great and I'm going to look stupid, but Sarko does some really great stuff. He does some dumb stuff, but, you know. He does. They're almost like the opposite kind of fullbacks. Like, yeah, Nico Hines is a ball player, not the best ball carrier. Dec- decent is support player. I know his meterage last two games is high, but, you know, the psycho has really good power game. We'll beat pretty much anyone one-on-one and similar. And if Jermaine did get a little better at some other things, I feel like he's a better fullback than Nico. I don't know. Maybe Nico comes in and we adapt how we play a little. But I just don't see yet, and it will, things will change, but I see the fit for Nico in the Storm system, which is so good at creating space for people. There's always space out wide at the, at the Storm. So Nico can you know throw a nice cutout or two, support through the middle, be involved in a link-up play, and he can get away with his lack of pace because like you might remember in the Magic Round, they scored a try on the right-hand side, but Nico threw the pass, supported but was not slower. It wasn't fast or elusive enough to beat the fullback. You had to wait for Jerome Hughes to offload. There's a lot of moving pieces that have to go well for him to score. That's not happening at Brisbane. Let's be real. Like, there's not going to be seven guys in support. Like, and maybe things change, but yeah, it just makes me wonder if the opportunity for him to create that space or be there. And then if he is, say, a good support player or similar, like there's there's no one else going with you, Nico. <laughs> Brisbane. Like, no. Nah. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's a slam dunk signing like every other Brisbane fan seems to be. But yeah, I'm I'm still pro the signing. Maybe it becomes a six as well, which is the other option. I think it's I think the main thing for me is that we've gone through the last couple of years of like having going into the season with like our spine being okay, we know Milford's the six. We know McCulloch's a nine, now Turpin. And outside that's like, oh well Oh, the fullback's Darius, or maybe it's Maybe it's Bird, maybe it's Asako, whatever, you know, maybe it's Tessie or the, the, the seven, you know, oh, it's Nikarima, oh, it's Croft, oh, it's Deed and whatever. At least next year we go into a season that we know Reynolds is a seven. We know that 100%. And then we know that we'll probably have Tyson Gamble as a backup. And if we don't, he could play six. And if he doesn't, maybe Staggs plays six. If he doesn't, maybe Nico does. But those are all more talented players than the guys we fucking shoehorned in there. <laughs> That's the last couple of years, you know? At least options. And maybe Nico Osako play fullback. I don't know. We'll see if we get him too. The Dragons are apparently after him because as Griffin is wont to do, anyone who's been near Brisbane, they get an offer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think he'd be great at the Dragons either. Yeah, that's a weird one too. What about Matt Dufty? I don't know. Like he's because no of him to go. Like, would we I don't know if I'd want Dufty either, but Matt Dufty should just go to England and he'd win like three man of steals in a row. Yeah. And be like the the greatest fullback to ever play in the Super League. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. Like, we joke about... People always say, oh, if that guy goes to England, he'd be the man of steel. Dufty is like, lock that in. Like, yeah. lock it in. <laughs> I would be putting money down on that as soon as it got announced. Like, you remember Sam Tompkins was the best player in England for like five years. And was just trash out here. But Dufty is like the same size, but better than him <laughs> at everything. Everything Tompkins did and faster. He would, like, yeah. You can lock him in. Like if he if he goes to England, whatever the man of steel I'll die next year, you put money on that. That's if he goes there. Remember when Tompkins came out here, it was like the English Billy Slater. Like 
Yeah, good one, fellas. <laughs> That's it. But yeah, like I'm still pro the Nico signing. I'm just don't I'm not going into that with the same enthusiasm of other fans who think it's a slam dunk. I think there is downside to it. And the downside's built into his cost. Like 300K is like, that's obviously showing you a team doesn't think he's guaranteed hit out of the park. We'll be yeah. getting more than that. I just, I'm even half surprised though that teams are at that price tag for him. It seems like a lot of teams would just be like, oh yeah, he's the next best team. He's yeah. 700K a year. Yeah, isn't it funny how like the little tiny cap reduction from coronavirus has made teams like go way back the other? Like they're like, no yeah. one's getting offered anything now. Like, no. Like, which is, yeah, Nico on 300. Again, that's the kind of deal that, that won't murder your salary cap. But again, you talk about that, you know, getting rid of Matt Lodge, we said earlier. If they can get rid of Matt Lodge and say they sign their starting fullback, they're going to do that. <laughs> you know, like, that, it's, that's it if he costs that little. So who knows who it turns out to be that guy. But I don't know, maybe maybe there's a weird world in now that like the St- Melbourne, sorry, Canberra could see him as a, as a half there. I don't know. I'm trying to think where other options Nico has is us or the dragon. It seems like right now. Uh, and one final thing I'll talk about before we hit questions, plenty of time for questions. We've got a million of them. Sort of mention how good our indigenous Jersey is. Um, I haven't actually seen it. You haven't seen it, mate. You're like the indigenous Jersey man. You're the Jersey man as well. But, and like there's some, the only bad one is the, oh, yeah, the, yeah. Is the uh, Panthers one. But the Broncos one this year, it's always good, but this year is particularly good. One good thing about our jersey is the sponsor is like, it's got the see-through bits. Like, it's it's just the letters and the white band. Like, you can see it, the jersey behind it through the logo, whereas a lot of others just have, like, massive icon fully blacked out. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't mind this one. Like, it looks good. I like yeah. the one from the 2018 one. still my favorite, I think. Yeah, the big win we got there is, like, when we signed Kia up, to be on our jersey sponsor. Like on the Bulldogs jersey, they were bright red. <laughs> they were big white and then bright red lettering. Yeah. And it's like, well, I'm like, this is we're fucked. I don't want that in our jersey. But they hadn't they're being fine in our jersey. Yeah, that's the thing. I like the that's when we, we complained about it when we got it. It's like I want a sponsor that just blends in. And the Kia one, like no sponsor really blends in, but Kia really kind of does. And then Brisbane have um What's it first Mac loans or something on the sleeve? It's also just plain black. So it's like Ladbrokes on the back of the next red. That's it. The rest of you that you can only really see. The thing is, like, sponsors should work with the jersey people more because when you have a jersey that the sponsor looks good on, yes, like, I don't know. I think it would. I think it just helps. Like, it, if it looks good, like the NRMA always look pretty good on Broncos jerseys too. Like I feel like the the worst one in the league is NIB at the Knights, who just refuse to not be the big green square yeah, in the middle of the jersey. Yeah, it's it's bad. Yeah, and like they have it on the Indigenous jersey this week too. They got this is big green square. It's like that's that's great. But but yeah, I thought I mentioned it. Great Indigenous jersey, and we get to host an Indigenous round. Pretty cool. Yep. And they're also like sold out of heaps of them. By the way, I was like waiting to to buy it. I always, you know, I don't want to say they're tight ass, so I'm not setting 160 on it. But they're like sold out of like everything but small to extra large already. And obviously, I'm only a large anyway, but it just worries me that I won't get my bargain $50 Indigenous jersey when the season ends. I mean, I don't spend 160 on any jerseys now. I'm, no I've not bought a Broncos jersey that, oh, well, I've not bought a full price Broncos jersey in years. Neither, mate. I, if they, I'll try if they... to find around when they're cheap. Exactly. Like I don't need it the moment it comes out because I wear them for years anyway. But like the last few years, I bought ones the last few years because like 
we've gone so bad. It's the first time you had to buy like that, you know, the ugly gray jersey for 20 bucks. You know, I bought that. I bought the hundreds of bucks. It was $29. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully this gets down to 50 in the off season on NAB one because it looks pretty good. All right. Over on Facebook um, from Western, he said, has TPG gotten smarter this year? TPJ gotten smarter this year with his tackling or is it only a matter of time before he gets suspended? I mean, he definitely, he's definitely got smarter. He's spoken about himself as well. Like, he's just <laughs> kind of pulled, like, he's still played hard, which is good. He hasn't pulled that away, but he's definitely, like, not really hit halves late. Even when he hit Sam Walker, who he's targeting this week, and there was a moment when we shot out of the line to hit Walker after he passed, and he just kind of grabbed him. And it's like, yeah, old Pangai sends him to the fucking moon. <laughs> and yeah. And that's it. He has learned. And even like so Angus Crichton, by the way, who got his two games, he got suspended. People didn't see it. So didn't think it was bad. He walloped Albert Kelly like half a second or a second after he passed the ball really early in that game. But it was like Kelly passed it, did like a, a wrap round, passed back on the inside. So all of our eyes followed the ball and he got whacked in the bottom of the screen. I missed it live to watch the replay. But yeah, that's the dumb shit that like, Angus Crichton's now missing origin because of his rap sheet of doing the same dumb shit. Like that, and that's like Pangai couldn't afford to do anything like that this year because his carryover points are so large that he's he's loaded all that kind of shit. Like anything, he's fucked. Yeah, he had to change that. Like even Lodge's one, he's he's also in a a, a a game for the the swinging arm, sorry, the dangerous contact. But his carryover's got him done for that. Um, from Jesse, he said, is there any inside word around the club whether the new CEO has made any changes so far? I guess how the club runs or that. Well, I mean, he's gone straight into the recruitment and retention meetings, which is good. Uh, I don't know enough about about all the changes he would have made yet, but it's, you know, the Adam Reynolds thing's already a sign of change and he's spoken publicly about how he wants to change the culture and the whole recruitment and retention strategy essentially. I've no idea how Peter Nolan's still there, but but he's still there. But yeah, I, I um I'm pretty happy with him so far, but there's only so much you can do in a month. So we'll yeah. see how it keeps going. Uh from Jamie he said, I haven't watched uh, Q Cup this year, but thoughts on picking Rabati over Piakura. Yeah, a lot of people are pushing so Piakura is sick. He's not available for selection. A lot of people are pushing this like where's Piakura? Well he was sick. He was, I don't know what he's got, but he didn't play last week. Didn't play Queensland Cup. That's why he's not available. So, yeah, that's straight in that out. That's yeah. it. That's like, and I actually think, uh, I think Piakura is a more talented player. I think he's, very, I actually think Rabadi is the more ready to play NRL football this year than Piakura. If you get me, I think Piakura has still some things like the same iron out. And they probably are like, fuck, I'm probably wrong like Piakura, like I was wrong, wrong about Reese Walsh. Like, Reese Walsh in reserve grade. He's not the player he is right now in the NRL. He couldn't even throw any of those fucking passes. He played selfish. It's a, did the guy seem to be challenged in first grade to just like start being a baller? Like all that talent was there, but he wasn't playing this level in reserve grade. Maybe Piyokura is the same. That he would be better when he plays NRL. But like for mine, I think uh, next year he'll be Piyokura's big. You probably see him on the bench a couple of times later in the year. Uh, from David, he said, considering that. Only the top six teams have a positive points differential, which includes Manly by nine. What's this say about the lopsided competition and the effect the rule changes have made? Is this healthy or is the game in trouble? Oh, yeah, that's a boom rookies question. If you want to hear me talk about that, go listen to NRL boom rookies. But yeah, they've they've fucked the game. Competitive balance, like I forget 
what episode it was, but it was one of you who basically just did the whole podcast on this question kind of thing. Yeah, uh, round four we did that, but we spoke about it on the podcast last night. Question time's out on Thursday, so tomorrow or the day this is out, I guess you're listening to this. We talk about it a bit more, but yeah, it's like you look at the ladder and we're looking at a year we might have like three or four teams lose four or five or less games. And like people think about years, you think about the years of dominance, right? You think that's like 2013 Roosters and you think, oh, you know, remember the people talk about that team being so dominant? Like they lost six regular season games. And, you know, and that, like when you talk about all time teams and you're like 98 Broncos and 2004 Bulldogs and stuff, like these teams are still losing a lot of games. They are. They didn't just like, that's it. Then they're going to have this year, like the team that comes fourth might lose six games. <laughs> like, it's so bad. And you mentioned 2004 Bulldogs again, lost five games. Like, these teams lose games. And even if you go back to 2017 Storm, right? 2017 Storm might actually be the best team of all time. Lost four games. <laughs> like, yeah. Like that, that 04 Bulldogs side too was literally basically a team. Well, they did get done for cheating the cap and then they all took pay cuts so they could stay there. Like yeah. it was a team that not should not have been put on the, on the park together and they won five, they lost five games still. So, that's it. And even like, and like 9708 was a really um, weak competition, yeah. right? And Brisbane lost five games that year still, you know? Like, it's they're fucked up with these rules. Hopefully, when PVL eventually stands down, we'll get it fixed. We just we just need to wait for him, something to happen, and then maybe get run over by a horse. That would be kind of poetic, <laughs> and then just reverse everything. That's it. From SJ said, the Hodgins talk's not going away. Yeah, that concerns me. Uh, I don't <laughs> like. I don't want him for. I, I don't. I said this in the podcast prior. I don't actually care how good he is. I don't want him because I don't want any more Isaac Moses clients at the club. You know, I've had enough. We don't need to keep adding yeah. more player power for him. Like just whatever. It's fine to have some. I don't want to go back to when we have like fifteen of our players are managed by the one dude, no matter who it is. Oh, but it's tech- Isaac Moses isn't a manager anymore. It's like, yeah, I'm oh, sorry, my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> um, from Devor, uh, opinion on Kevy's recent rotations. Example, not using Bullimore last week and not playing Levi until the last minute versus the Cowboys. Do you think, uh, actually, oh, that's the second question. We'll go with just the first one for now. Yeah, so it definitely has a bit of an is- issues there. Not as bad as Seabold's issues, but I think last week's one. Like, I know it seems really easy as a fan when you're watching those games. And it, and one through eight generally is kind of easy if you plan the interchanges. But last week's rotation was fucked because they kept getting people hit in their head. <laughs> like, so they got them, the rotation got messed up. That's essentially what happened. And then, yeah, I, I, they probably would have brought Bournemouth on for that last bit of stint there, but Flegler got binned. Sorry, um, Lodge got binned, whatever. It didn't happen. But yeah, uh, Bournemouth has been good enough to play you know, big minutes most of the season. But their rotation got messed up, but it, it wasn't that they didn't get through them this game. But I think they just got they just got lost, if you get me, in their rotation. Prior, don't care Levi came on late, whatever. But it has been other weeks I've been a bit concerned with the rotations. And it seems some weeks they tend to get it right kind of by accident. But yeah, like very early in the season, I was very concerned by the Pangai usage. That, very, that was very much what was on my radar. But I do actually like, I think he's got Lodges and Flegler's minutes right. He's just got to find the balance of the other guys, I guess. 
Uh, do you think he's keeping Stags and Piakura off teamless because we're playing Melbourne and would rather give them a confidence game versus the Dragons? No, I don't know. I don't think Stags will be back for ages. Like, yeah, I think someone today said it was like round 16 or something, wasn't it? Or... Yeah. So having ch- had a chat to someone at the Broncos, they told me that the um, initial round 10 estimate or whatever it was, was just not right. Like whoever said that was that wasn't right. He was never going to play round 10. And then he had a bit of a hamstring setback. I think they're not going to rush it with, with Stags. I don't know when he'll play, but yeah, I'm not expecting him next week either. Piakura probably get back in the 21 next week, but it's it's nice to see Selwyn Cobbo made the 21. He's not the next Latrell, but he's improved already in the NRL, in the Queensland Cup season, and maybe he's a guy who can be on the wing for us next year if he if he keeps performing. Um, he asked about Lodge. We've covered that. A couple of people asked about Lodge, but yeah, whatever. Uh, do you think Milford would work as a cheap 14? I think we've talked about this previous weeks, but I'd be keen for Milford as a cheap 14. I don't think he wants to be cheap, but. Well, that's the other thing I'm talking about, I guess. I haven't spoken about his price tags, apparently still 600K. Yeah, I mean, you, I, I, don't, I don't want to go for that, but if it was if it was 350, like Heinz, I'd go for that money. I always thought I'd be the you know the last person off the island turn the lights off guy with Anthony Milford, but this year I've just I've jumped I'm off. I, like, you're still there, a few of you guys. I'm waving. Me, I'm just me and catfish there. here on this island. So I'm I'm floating away on the door. Bye. Whenever I'm out, like I I, I, like, I stand that guy forever. I don't wish him ill. I hopefully goes goes well somewhere else next year. I'm happy to never see him playing a Brisbane jersey again. Hey. And every time I see someone else do a competent job in the halves, which is just not getting in the way, I think the same thing. So I don't want him on whatever price tag. Like, and it quite clearly they haven't made an offer to him at all anyway. But if he wants six hundred, he might get four hundred. Even that's all too much. Like, go, <laughs> just go. Ah, uh, from Jesse again. He said, "Do you see Flagler keeping the thirteen or Hetherington taking it later this season?" I don't know. I think. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know if we even have a chance. Maybe someone else moves there. I don't think it really matters that much because I feel like we'll probably only play thirty to forty minutes anyway. I think we'll still see some more Kobe as the season rolls on. He was quite solid in debut. I probably would prefer Hetherington to take that spot. Well, I prefer Flegler in the, in the front row rotation or Asiata, obviously the thirteen as well. Um, uh, from Dan, last one on Facebook. I've skipped a couple, but. Kind of like questions about Rabati and stuff. We've covered that uh, from Dan. Does the conference idea have merit to spare the battlers like the Chooks from the powerhouses they can't handle like the Broncos? Good idea. Might be very fair for the Chooks. Uh, I'll tell you um, what, though, at least over the last couple of years, Twitter, mate. More Rabati. Somehow our good wins last couple of years have all been like the Roosters the last like three years, hey? Oh, uh, it must be so frustrating if you're a Roosters fan. Like, it just doesn't matter how you... It, yeah, it doesn't matter what's happening. We still manage to beat my, most of the time. Yeah, they, they thumped us twice or two uh, times in that period, but there was that game there, if you guys remember, the game where Katoni Staggs like, came out of nowhere and, and, and won. We had that James Chikiaro game. <laughs> like, not great. And then we had um that one, like... We had, was it the Jimmy one where he burnt Latrell and then Asako finished it off? Was that the same game? No, diff- different game. But yeah, we we beat them both, both times. Like we beat them both times in 2018. We split them in 2019. They beat us 
twice last year, but we beat them this year. We might beat them again later in the year. Who knows? But it's like, yeah, considering how bad we were in that period, not a great look for the Roosters. <laughs> it reminds me a bit of... um, uh, The Bengals' record was always better than this, but it never mattered like how bad the Bengals were. You'd mm. show up and AJ Green would like... 150 yards and two touchdowns and torch the Ravens. Like it didn't matter what was happening. Bengals (laughs) beat the Ravens. Yeah. Every single time. And if you like go back and look through the historical, there's like two Ravens wins in the last decade. Yeah. Um, Right. From Mike Jacobo seven, I'm going tomorrow night because I'm a sucker for punishment. I wouldn't be going tomorrow night. I'd be like staying at home, watching on TV. The worst thing about tomorrow night's game, Simo, is that the storm missing players. People might think we have a chance. I <laughs> uh, see. I was always going to tip the storm in this Coltrane Cup comp we're in, where like you tip one team a week. But oh man, I want to, but I don't want to at the same time. Well, this is a secret one for the Broncos weekly listeners who are in the Coltrane Cup. You have to look at next week's round this week. Okay, we didn't. That. <laughs> we did not say that on Boom Rookies because this is a week that's next week is going to fuck a lot of people up. Right, don't okay. you go putting this on Boomerang's Discord, anyone else? But I'm, I'm, a, yeah, I'm not. Anyone else is saying on here? There's only four games for next week. People are going to get fucked up. So I'm right, picking I, the Storm I'll this week. Because, next week before I tip this week. Yeah, I'm picking the Storm this week because I want to pick two away games. And next week, like, like I want to pick Manly this week, right? But I can't pick Manly this week because Parramatta is the obvious pick against Newcastle next week without Ponga. So that's it. That that's that's there's your secret tip. There you go. <laughs> uh, right, I'll have to. I'll go look at that after this. <laughs> Good. Um, Darren W zero zero six. Hey guys, seem to have seen a bit of improvement in recent upgrade with uh, for TC with little media fanfare prior to the announcement. I think this is Dave Donahue having a positive influence. No, I don't think it's anything to do with Dave. I think it's to do with people who just didn't know he was like a Bronco, like like two weeks ago. Like, because he hasn't had much hype or mentioned beforehand, and again, he had that that off season going away really did give young people a chance to just come along from nowhere this year. And other clubs, we haven't had that many of those guys. But yeah, I honestly didn't know much about him before this season either. So yeah, I don't know. And I was trying to find out if he's the brother of, if you remember Pride Peterson Rabati, who was at Brisbane for a few years there. I don't know if he is or not. I tried to find that out, but that's probably just me being racist or something, like mixing it up. Um, from Coxie Jindus, I think the Broncos are a general t- chance of an upset. My question is, what's my mental illness and was it from eating undercooked pork? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, from Corey Gates, which cafe is Dave Donahue going to be having a meeting with Nico Hines about signing for the Broncos in 2022? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know any Brisbane cafes. <laughs> I only know Abracababra and Lefty's old time musical. That's, That's the it. only two places got, in Brisbane I know. They go to Abracababra. <laughs> I got told. I got told a few. Oh, in that cafe, you guys had te- they had terrible breakfast. That we didn't go to. We went to KFC. Yeah, yeah we got K- <laughs> we got the can instead of yeah. whatever deconstructed avocado toast that they got served up. Yeah, that's still the worst thing I've ever heard. For people. I know this is irrelevant chat to most people, but imagine Ram when our, our old house went out for breakfast the next day. I guess went to Bottolo and went to catch up with other mates. Me and Simo were like, we're getting KFC. So we didn't go to this breakfast. The other group went to breakfast and the reports were they ordered bacon and egg rolls. One of them ordered a bacon egg roll with smashed avocado. 
They just brought him out an avocado, like before. It, before it was the- like it was <laughs> like the order goes in for the avocado, and the person's like, "Oh, I can do that straight away." So just literally brought out an avocado straight away, and On then you had to wait <laughs> fifteen minutes for your bacon and egg roll to show up. And then, and then he asked for it smashed in, and just put it in. <laughs> but it's like sat the avocado, cut it out, put it, and just sat it in there. It's like, well done. So yeah, uh, that's the kind of cafes are in Brisbane. I hope he doesn't go to that one. <laughs> Nico won't yeah. come. And then you and I got the cone and everyone was jealous of our breakfast, eating the 11 secret herbs and spices. Yeah, at, at Footy Church, you could smell it wafting to the joint. They're all angry about it. It's like they had the same opportunity. Yeah. Um, from RCG Kennedy, uh, uh, it's Lodge. But if Lodge goes, we need to pay part of the salary. We've talked about that. Uh, part of the deal, no one knows the real story is. Yeah, I mean, we've, we talked about Lodge. More Lodge, Rabati. <laughs> oh, we haven't answered one of this for about three weeks, but from underscore mate one, name your ideal starting 17 for round one 2022, including existing and rumored transfers. Well, geez, it has, um, <laughs> it has been a while, so we might as well do our next stab at this. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to assume that Nico Hines is signing and playing fullback. Okay, one is Nico Hines. Uh, then we end up having Jermaine Osako pushing back to another wing. That's two. Uh, five is Selwyn Cobbo. There you go. Because Corey Oates is in the moon somewhere. <laughs> in the sun. It's it's drifted off. Cannon him into, a sun, into the sun. Uh, Herbie's one of the centers. The other center, I don't. I want it to be Katoni Staggs. I do. Uh, but it probably won't be. He might start at six. So the other centre, I don't know, Jesse fucking Arthurs. I don't care. <laughs> like, this is going to change in two weeks. Like when when talk first started happening about um, Stags playing six, I I really didn't like it. But like, if you have Reynolds as the other half behind him, like Reynolds could run the whole team by himself. Mm. He doesn't need another half there to help him run the team. So at that point, I don't mind as much having Stags there to just do whatever he wants. Agreed. I, I'm, I'm I agree with you on that 100. percent So that's what I have there. So we'll just do that. We'll just go that other center spot's not full yet. We'll just go fucking Jesse Arthurs and Stags. Oh, Jesse New will come back. There you go. And Stags is the six with Reynolds seven. Uh, the front row. So this one's a bit interesting because we're assuming Lodge is gone. So we'll have Haas at eight. And Flegless ten. He's he's improved by next year in my head. He's pleased ten there. Uh, the back row. I think Pangai's been too good on the edge. He remains on the edge. Pangai does. Pango just needs, like, just don't give him a position. Just put him out there. Yes. It's like a question mark instead of a number on the back of his jersey and just do go do whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, I'd be happy if one edge is Pia Kuro, the other is, I don't know, Ricky or Rabadi, and then Locke is Pango. I'd be happy with that. But I'm trying to be realistic as well. I believe Pango probably plays on the edge and Carrigan's probably the Locke. My, in my, in my 17, he's not. And then the bench, you're looking at, well, now Flegler's starting and now Carrigan's still starting. You're looking at whoever had, like, Pia Kua, Ricky, and Rabadi doesn't make the team. One's on the bench. Maybe two are on the bench. It's just still too far out to be doing this, isn't it? Those guys are there. Um, Asiata re-signed. He's on the bench. I'll probably miss someone. And then Bullmore's on the bench. Maybe hey, Milford, Milford there. <laughs> it's still too early to be doing that, but I think it's not even about, like, 
you you see with most good teams, there isn't really a best seventeen because you just go through injury and whatever. Pen seem to have that. There's no one injured, but yeah, I just like that we're getting a lot of good players together. I know we've lost lots of good players as well, but yeah, I like that we're looking at this time more. Uh, last one from Levi0296. Do you think the Rabbitohs will blame Bennett for how crap they have become and the mess they are left after he leaves like every other club? I hate this question. <laughs> 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 how dare you ask it? But uh, I don't know. I, I mean, of all the clubs, it's been so public that Wayne has not had control there for ages, that they're doing a, a succession plan, all that stuff. He cannot be blamed for it, but people will still find a way. Like they've chosen others over Adam Reynolds. They they've done that. Not Wayne. If, if Wayne has like said that he would have resigned him up to him, you know? Yeah. Uh so yeah. People can try to blame Wayne. That last result, disgraceful. Lots that's on Wayne. But yeah. I don't think I don't think they're gonna fall away next year. So we'll see. Yeah, it'd be interesting to watch, but yeah, I think even this year they'll bounce back and they'll be decent. So yeah, and uh, I just want to mention the Sean. He messages on Facebook, same oh, kind yeah. of question about Flegler or Lodge, about Lodge. He said he'd rather offload Flegler than Lodge. Just want to mention we covered that earlier. I didn't miss your message. Did see it, but yeah, we just we've already covered Lodge. Yeah, a lot of Lodge questions. So yeah. yeah oh my well, god! By the way, I know this is not this podcast, but the, the Raiders thing is still going. Now Josh Hodgson, Josh Hodgson is now fired back at the Raiders about George Williams. What the fuck is going on at this club? Just, my favorite thing about all of this is like James Hooper is a really dumb man. Yes. And, and he's found the one person in the world that he can punch down and he's not stopping. He's yeah. like, I'm going to punch down forever against John yeah. Bateman. He's, he's found two guys that he can win a battle of wits with. There's only two of them. George Williams. <laughs> he's found them both. John Bateman. Yeah. <laughs> And he's confident too, mate. He, he's taking swings in those articles. Oh, man. That, that one where he's like, John Bateman's going to tweet about me in like an hour. And then like, yeah, bang we balled. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, tweet about him. It's like, read it like a book. Like, he's like, yeah, he's going to tweet about his old mate Baldy in an hour or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. With, with, a, with a shit emoji or whatever. With a, and he <laughs> did do it. <laughs> nailed it. Like, oh. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 Okay, but I love us James Hooper fans, but I had to respond after that. This is great. Like, oh, I, can't, that- I can't stand the guy either, but like, man, if you're, you're the one person dumber than him, like, just shut up, uh, you know. Yeah, that's it. But God, Josh Hodgson's fired back defending. Oh, this is ridiculous. Like, it's Ricky talking to Paul Kent and James Hooper, them attacking the players publicly, the players responding, and then going back to Hooper, to Ricky, back to Hooper. It's like, what the hell? It's, it's an absolute disaster. This, it is. Uh, the club just needs to shut it down and come back next year. It does. That's it. They need the season dead. Anyway, that's it. That's his podcast. We actually kept it under like three hours. That's good. Uh, that's nice. It is. And um, yeah, probably not next week because if we get smashed by the storm. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so later, yeah. I'll catch you all next time we record that. Yeah, see ya.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 